Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We heard in the gospel this morning that Jesus called Peter and Andrew, James and John, four brothers, two families, and he called them to drop everything and follow him. Now when you've read this or thought about this, maybe you haven't thought about it, uh, what do you think, it kind of wandered through my mind, what do you think their mothers might have thought? Did one mom say, well, how could they be so irresponsible, just dropping everything and leaving? Did Salome maybe say to James and John, are you really leaving your dad and I and all of this work and leaving it all and just following after this rabbi? You gotta be kidding. Maybe Peter's mother-in-law uh, the only one we actually read of other than Salome in Scripture. Where is, why did you have to marry this idiot son-in-law? You know, I, I, I don't know what they thought. Matthew doesn't tell us any of this, neither do the other gospel writers. But it seems like it might kind of been that way, doesn't it? Drop everything, follow Jesus. Well, I guess that's all that really matters because that's all Matthew tells us. But isn't that a little bit crazy at the very least? It looks like these disciples are simply making an impulsive and hasty decision and off they go and no care for the consequences. Peter and Andrew, James and John, they had a family business, they had a settled life, they had homes, they had families, they had responsibilities, all the stuff that goes with that. So why would they so quickly leave them all behind? Why would they have ever left to follow such an unknown factor in this wandering rabbi? We all have our ways of seeing the world. We have our comfort zone. We have our settled daily life. And then Jesus calls us in his word. And when he calls, it's a call to change. When Jesus began his ministry, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. It's right here. He's pointing to himself. Repent. That's turn around, come a different way, change your mind and heart. Repent, change who you are and where you're going. He's asking us to leave behind what we had. Isn't that a little crazy? Jesus left his hometown of Nazareth, began his ministry from the uh, base in, in the city of Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee, up north, as the Israelites would have said. He wouldn't return there except for one time to visit, and that did not go so well back in Nazareth, his hometown. But how much more incredible when we remember what else Jesus left behind? What about that amazing, eternal, glorious heavenly home where he had perfect fellowship with the Father and the Spirit. 
How about when he left all of that behind to be conceived in the womb of the virgin? Isn't that crazy? Well, is it really so crazy? Or is it maybe God's grace at work here? What were these four fishermen really leaving behind? Let's think a little deeper. On first glance, it looks like they may have been irresponsible, but there's a lot more going on, as we know there always is in life. Isaiah called their people of Galilee the people dwelling in darkness. They were among those dwelling in the region and shadow of death. Perhaps everything was not really as comfortable for those first disciples as we at uh, first think or hear. The people around the disciples, they weren't doing well. What's the first thing Jesus did after he called these disciples? He went out and spoke to the crowds. And the crowds came suffering a whole list of woes. People brought to Jesus all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed. Yeah, there was plenty of trouble, plenty of trouble to leave behind. Well, what darkens our days? Well, no matter how settled and comfortable life may appear, all of us are living with all kinds of consequences of being still in this sinfully broken world. We chase after other gods. We don't call them that, but they are. Gods of comfort, gods of power, gods of entertainment, gods of sports. Hey, how about those chiefs? Yeah. But then we chase after them, and even if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl next Sunday, where is real contentment? What comes next? With nothing to center our focus together as a nation, we've fractured into fighting factions, each side shouting at the other, claiming the moral right. And is it any wonder that we say don't discuss politics if you want to have peace? Because of our sin, we also live daily in the shadow of death. We all do. We don't know when it's going to come. We don't know how it's going to come, but we do know it is coming. And how many significant losses have we experienced in our congregation personally even, in the last year, year and a half. Who wouldn't want to leave such things behind, be done with them, drop everything, follow Jesus? Yes, that's the way to go, right? Is it really crazy to follow Jesus? These four fishermen will soon see it all. They'll have a front row seat as Jesus begins teaching, as he performs miracles and healings. Their ears will be the first to hear the gracious words that come from his mouth. They have not seen it all or heard it all, however, yet. Yet. At the start, they don't know where the finish will be. 
They don't know where Jesus is taking them. Many times they will think he is taking them the wrong way. They will even, Peter took him aside at a crucial point and told him so. They don't know. Many times they will be mixed up, confused, wondering. They don't know the true joy. They don't have the full confidence of following the Lord yet until he is the risen Lord. Well, we have an advantage on them. We've got the whole story. We've got the Gospels that we can read. We know of Jesus' life and healing and teaching. We have seen the cross before our eyes as we gather each week around his word, as we daily delve into that word in our devotions. We have the forgiveness given in our baptism and continuing each day as we recall God's promise given in that gift. We have the Lord's Supper to assure us that we are His forgiven children, dearly loved. But we haven't seen the ultimate end yet, that kingdom of glory still to come. Yeah, we too walk by faith, not by sight. You see, it really isn't crazy to follow Jesus because as we follow Jesus, we're following the one true light in this painfully darkened world. Jesus, the rabbi, calling fishermen to leave their nets and follow him is the light of the world. That light begins to shine as he began his ministry of preaching and teaching and healing. Ultimately, he was headed someplace, though, a place where he would carry every pain, every problem, every shame, every guilt, where he would take them all is to the cross. And the ultimate darkness itself he would take as well, the darkness of death. He took it all to the cross. And the amazing thing is that the light of the world shines brightest at the darkest point in his ministry as he hung on that cross on Good Friday. There we see grace and mercy and compassion and love such as the world has never known, such as the world could never offer. And every one of us individually can go there and see this and we can rejoice because no one who is sinful or sick is left out of the embrace of his cross. No one is left out of his Good Friday declaration, it is finished. You see, Jesus, the light of the world, is God of God, light of light. And even the grave could not hold the darkness. Jesus rose from the dead to shine the light of his grace through the whole world. That's what it's really all about. The fishermen turned fishers of men were each witnesses of that resurrection light. This is the end to which they were being called. They were called to proclaim light in this still sinfully broken and dark world. And we now live by their witness to the light of Christ, and we now have their word, Jesus' word, to proclaim 
each day. As we follow him, we do so as beloved children, renewed in the confession of our sins and his gracious pardon. We will follow Jesus today, oh yeah, and tomorrow and the next day and the next as we rise in his name to be his blood-bought, dearly loved people in this world. And through us, Jesus continues to come with his call, his call to enter into this newness of life that only he can shine the light on. He changed those fishermen by his word. Their lives were never the same. They followed and witnessed in this broken world, and they are already in the kingdom, the gracious reign of God as they followed him. The beginning is shaped by the end. Jesus loved his disciples. He loves the whole world. With his holy life and innocent death and victorious resurrection, he continues to love all. The light of God's grace, that's what moved them. So, matter, so no matter where you are in your walk with the Lord, Jesus is here today to proclaim to you in his word, to call you to follow him, to be forgiven, to live in his grace, grace that is for all of you, for each one of you individually. It's real, it's true, and it's not crazy. No matter how you feel, Jesus is here to tell you how he feels about you. And he feels the most amazing love of all. He wants you to come with him, to follow him, to see all that he is doing in this world yet today as he gathers his flock, as he feeds his flock, as he continues to shine the brightness of his light of love and grace and mercy so that all the empty may be filled, all of the pain-filled might be relieved, all of those who struggle with sin and darkness might have rest. We wait for that ultimate end yet. We're not in heaven yet, but we are in God's kingdom of grace, and the king of grace rules in mercy, and that's why it's not crazy to follow Jesus. Because you see, in him, he shows us, he shines on us what life is really all about. A life loved by God and assured to see him as our risen light of life forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.